is the Love That Album Compilation Edition, covering soundtracks, tribute albums, best ofs, box sets, and more. interesting state. On the one hand, you've got the Lone Star Republic, the only state in the United States that was once upon a time its own country, unless you want to get into the various issues about the Kingdom of Hawaii. But anyways, a Lone Star state, this kind of rich, redneck culture center, this music-loving, I don't know, it's just it's just a, an odd, odd place. On the one hand, you have the most conservative of conservatives. On the other hand, you've got Austin and its Keep Austin Weird. This is the retreat of the outlaw country movement of the 1970s. It was also the kind of center of a movement in America in the 1970s, which was a rebirth of country swing or uh, western swing. That's what it was. This is Eric Radimator, and it's a little bit early in the morning for me, and I'm kind of groggy after a long work week, and it's time to record a bonus episode of Love That Album number four, this one talking about pub rock in two guises. First, we're going to talk about the 2005 album from Elizabeth McQueen and the Firebrands, Happy What We're Doing, which is a tribute record to pub rock, and then I'm actually going to talk about a compilation called Pub Rock, Paving the Way for Punk. So pub rock is a sound that we've mentioned on Love That Album before. The easiest way to, I guess, distill it to its essence is it's the early 1970s, the 60s rock goliath of the Stones and the Beatles and Pink Floyd and all of those bands has kind of splintered and famously a lot of prog rock has come into the mix. It's become overblown and self-indulgent or so the rock historians slash critics would have us believe. I for one don't necessarily see it that way. I think that we are seeing a repeating cycle of young energetic bands that come along and make their noise and try to scream at the world. Some of them have their short shelf life run. Some of them stick around and they become more proficient, become more experimental, and they become more technical. And that's the direction they go in. But 
somewhere along the way they lose that drive to just kick out the jams, to just play three chords with an attitude, and each generation needs its own, or maybe they don't need their own, but they should need their own in my opinion, they need their own band to come and, and rally. So in the 50s you had Elvis and Buddy Holly and Eddie Cochran and those guys, and then there were 60s, of course, you had the Beatles and the Stones and the Birds. In the late 60s, you know, you had a whole host of garage rock bands. Just check out the Nuggets comp and you'll see that there's all these kids out there who were becoming young adults and they were playing with those song structures that were handed down from people like Elvis, but also, you know, Big Joe Turner and Bo Diddley and the rest of them. And as those 60s kids became more proficient or grew out of the music industry and went on to have workaday lives or whatever, a new generation came along in the early 70s. But the 60s kids, there were so many of them, and they were so dominant of the culture. And rather than their music culture kind of fading from the mainstream and aging with them the way the World War II generation had, that 60s generation... Their uh, music stuck around, and it dominated the airwaves, and it dominated the venues, and it dominated the music journalism. So this young crowd came in with venues locked to them, and pub rock was largely born out of their desire to play out. And they started, especially in the UK, but also in the United States, where the Western Swing Revival was really the analogous link to pub rock and they started playing their local pubs they started playing three hours a night and not having enough original material they would do old r&b covers old country covers 50s rock and roll covers but at the same time they were starting to write their own songs and of course a lot of their songwriting had the flavor of the songs that they were playing the covers which meant they were kind of mixing the influences of a little willie john song with a Del Shannon song and then twisting it along with uh, I don't know, Chubby Checker or whatever and then they were adding a dose of energy, a kind of energy that was coming to the music scene at this point in time you had really the start of heavy metal with Black Sabbath going on and you had Hard Rock, Steppenwolf and Blue Oyster Cult out there and also this time in the United States, the outlaw country movement, which was a more rock and roll sounding, less Nashville establishment version of the country coming to the fore. But then in the mid-70s, just two or three years into this, this revival of these older songs and this older style comes punk, which takes all of those, those elements once again and strips them down. A lot of the punks came out of the pub rock scene. Pub rock was largely marginalized and forgotten as it was either absorbed by punk or overshadowed by punk. And like all good music genres, 20 or 30 years later, somebody's going to come along and rediscover it and start covering these songs. And that's what we get with Elizabeth McQueen, who along with her band latched onto enough of these songs to record an album of covers. Let's go ahead and check some of those out. Cross. I'm the only one in town that she's never double crossed. 
interesting things about McQueen is that the original pop rock scene didn't seem to have a lot of women in involved. And I can't recall a single band in that scene that I know of that had a female singer. So adding her voice to these songs is, is a uh, nice little twist. Now, the songs on this album are covers of people like Dr. Feelgood and Nick Lowe, Elvis Costello and Dave Edmonds, the usual suspects when it comes to pop rock. But if you don't know that scene and you want to check out the songs and you want something more cohesive than uh, a compilation of different bands recorded at different times with different levels of studio technology, this is a nice cohesive collection of covers. Now, I haven't talked about a tribute album before, but during the 90s especially, this became a big fad. There's a history of tribute and cover records that goes back to the beginning of rock and roll. And when it comes to a single artist covering songs from a previous generation's scene that they want to bring attention to or just want to uh, cover, you have things like pinups by David Bowie. But during the 90s, it seemed to be this explosion of especially 90s bands covering 60s and 70s groups. A lot of covers of classic rock bands and punk bands. And I'm going to be talking about some of those as time goes on with this series of episodes. But I think that those albums served two purposes. One was a way to try to get the older generation into some of the younger bands by hearing them play songs that they were familiar with and also get trying to get the younger generation to check out older music by having younger bands that they were familiar with cover those songs. It was also a way for the record companies to line their pockets and at the same time there were a number of tribute records that were genuinely about a group of bands paying tribute to musicians or a scene or songs that they admired and I believe in the case of Happy Doing What We're Doing it's exactly what the title says now I did pick up this album shortly after it came out, played it quite a bit I enjoyed it a lot and I was looking forward to the next Elizabeth McQueen album, only rather than Elizabeth McQueen and the Firebrands issuing another album she joined the premier Texas swing revival band Asleep at the Wheel they recorded two albums, one with Willie Nelson and I have only checked out the Willie Nelson one and it's a solid record that's worth checking out and Asleep at the Wheel in general are worth checking out after several years playing with Asleep at the Wheel she has moved on to a solo career and the music she's put out on her own has been more jazz vocal and definitely a little bit less rock and roll but still worth checking out so we're going to transition here from talking about Elizabeth McQueen and the Firebrands and their pub rock cover tribute album, Happy Doing What We're Doing, to talking about pub rock, the actual 1970s UK scene that inspired the recordings of many of these songs. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about pub rock paving the way for punk. Nowhere on the chart. My age 
original Brinsley Swartz version of Peace, Love, and Understanding, a song that I always feel vaguely apocalyptic about. It's almost like somebody's walking across this wasteland. So as I already noted, that we're going to be talking about the compilation Pub Rock, Paving the Way for Punk from 1998. A nice crisp 14 songs by a variety of bands and artists giving you a good idea of what this whole sound was about. Very much a Louie Louie stripped down reduction to back to basics. You know, let's get the energy and the passion and the audience contact and the you know all of that stuff back into rock and roll. Let's let's step back from the massive synthesizer stage acts with capes and costume changes or the you know Critting yourself up of the glam rock era. Let's just get up on stage and rock it out. Let's just, you know, scream and jump up and down. And one of the things that, like punk and like garage rock, a lot of these people, a lot of these musicians did not come from artistic backgrounds or culture backgrounds. They weren't the sons and daughters of well-off people who, you know, spent ten years learning to play the piano before they ever stepped up on stage. These were more musicians in the blues tradition, the country tradition of, you know, you, you learn a few things and then you play around with it. You know, you, you learn the basics of the rules of music and then you break all of them and do your own thing. You learn through trial and error and you stick around and while pop rock never became a huge mainstream success, it really did pave the way for punk rock. It gave a lot of young musicians who would later go on to play in punk bands a uh, venue to first get up on stage or a way to learn the basics and mechanics of songwriting and performance. It also had the work ethic of get up there, do your job, do it all the time, do it every night, do it yourself. You you, You book the shows, you rent the amps, all that kind of stuff. You know, you take responsibility. Nobody's going to hand this to you. You got to go out there and you got to learn it and you got to earn it. So mainly centered around London, mainly centered around pubs that were allowing these bands to come in and play. People like Nick Lowe, Elvis Costello, Ian Dury, Captain Sensible from The Damned, and Joe Strummer were able to perfect their chops. And so let's go ahead and check out some more tracks from this compilation. Away to another town It's 
wrap it up here that was the uh actually a cover of bob seeker's get out of denver by 
Eddie and the Hot Rods, who actually did stick around during the late 70s and into the early 80s and were an active part of the punk scene. And I also wanted to mention a little bit earlier, I did play the uh, Dr. Feelgood song, Another Man, and Dr. Feelgood were actually the subject of a great documentary called Oil City Confidential that's about their uh, environment they grew up in and how their music style developed and their history. Well worth checking out. Highly, highly recommended. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, it's Eric Reanimator. You can find us over on the, and us being myself and Morris and Tim and the rest of the Love That Album gang over on the Facebook page for Love That Album. And then also we are over on the Feed My Ears page quite a bit. So check that out. Uh, make sure you're checking out the See Here podcast with Tim and Morris and Wendy. So until next time, we're going to leave with a little bit of Joe Strummer and his pub band, the 101ers, with Keys to Your Heart. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.